This podcast is part of the GWC Network. For more information on it or to check out some of our other awesome podcasts, visit us at galacticwatercooler.com. After the tone, enjoy the show. This is Save Eureka, podcast number 17, Purple Haze. Go back to Save Eureka. Yeah. So, yeah, we have... Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> I was like, was there more? <laughs> no, no, we're just not. It's a podcast, you know? I thought, you know, we do... Good night, everybody. <laughs> why, why, should we, why should we have the need to say things? Yeah. Pff, we don't even <laughs> talk ridiculous. about a podcast. So, what, let's see. What was the name of this week's episode? I forget the names. Purple Haze. Purple oh, Haze. Yeah, yeah. Right. Purple Haze. I remember the episodes. I just never remember the names except for a few of them, you know? Like the next one, House yes, Rules? Yes, I yeah, remember House yeah. Rules. You're like, there's House Rules and not House Rules. Yeah, kind of. <laughs> yeah, Purple Haze, it was funny because, you know, I remembered it as not being one of my favorite episodes, but actually in watching it, it was a lot of fun. Yeah, and and you know what? I know that we've been kind of making House Rules the sort of marker to kind of uh, where Eureka steps into the modern Eureka that we know. Uh, but I think that it's happening here. I think this episode is the one where we, we really get the transformation, and then maybe it's kind of solidified next time. Really? Yeah, I have a lot of ideas about that. And There's a lot of pretty good character moments in this. It, you, I don't know. It, it's pretty good. Like, you know, like with, uh, with Carter looking at Taggart naked in the woods going, see, now that still doesn't tell me if you're affected. <laughs> yeah, I think that the humor in this episode is one of the marking points that makes it more like modern Eureka. Oh, yeah? Yeah, because oh, that's the, a good point. And I feel like it's this episode is less inhibited almost than the previous episodes. Because I, I feel like the humor has been kind of inhibited up until this point. Like, like they weren't quite sure how far to go with certain things. And I felt yeah. like they were giving more leeway to things like violence and less leeway to humor. And now they've they've gone the other way. Well, I could see that. You know, they've kind of dialed back the violence and the creepiness, and they've dialed up the humor. And I think that's what makes it feel more like uh, the modern stuff. I can't argue with that. But, I mean, like, the funny moments, I mean, like, Fargo talking about himself as the grease that makes the machine turn and... <laughs> You know, no, he or, was like, it was or, funny. He was like the grease that that greases the what was it? The grease that greases, greases the, the gears or the, the gears of the machine and the, yeah. It goes on and on. It's like three. It's you know to the cleaners. You know, it's like yeah. and later on he's just like the grease, <laughs> grease. <laughs> and we get uh, like Joe reading the military ma'am. Oh, that magazine was great. I love that. Yeah. Um. Like, I, I'm just, some of these, like, I, I wrote these down because they were just, like, little funny things we hadn't seen. Like, Vince uh, getting angry and braining one of the, I call them the twin geeks, those two old guy twins. Like, beating him over the head with a car- oh. uh, with a caribou leg on a plate. Yeah. And, uh... That's bloody enough for you? <laughs> yeah. Um, Taggart, Taggart naked, of course. Um, I think maybe the funniest moment in the whole episode is after Carter tries to be a gentleman with Allison and she's like, fine. And she shuts him out. And then he's standing there looking into the glass as she like storms off in her skivvies. And he's, and he's like, like, Oh no. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, what have I done? I wish I had not been a gentleman. Damn doing the right thing. I know. <laughs> 
of course my my favorite moment of this whole episode is the beatdown. The uh the Allison and Beverly. Oh jeez, like. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right up until the gun comes into play and then you're like, "Oh, this just got real." Yeah. Yeah. You know, still doesn't make uh uh Beverly any cooler. She's still a tool in this episode again. Yeah, major tool. But I I appreciated the way that that scene was done because even though it's between two women, they didn't do what a lot of TV shows and movies do, which is have the women do this weird kind of fighting that no one actually does where they like kind of pull pull each other's hair and they're like, eh, eh. Like Allison... Let's hug violently! (laughs) Yeah, let's rub our boobs together and act like, you know... (laughs) Oh, no, here goes my shirt. <laughs> Instead, Allison just like, she hits Beverly with a hook, you yes. know, hook to the She's jaw. She's just like beating her down. <laughs> yeah, I mean, they, they like punch and they do stuff like it's a real fight. And, you know, I mean, it's it not that I want It's not that I want to see them fight, but it's like, okay, that's that's real. It's not like one of those fake little cat fights. Indeed. Yeah, I noticed this time around something I didn't catch the first time, which is that uh, of course, when Beverly starts <gasps> spewing all the secrets, this is to so everybody, awesome that you caught this. He, she gets to the peas when he stops her. Yeah, right. she's like uh, Walter and, and Susan Perkins. Now exactly, I've got a lot to say about them. That's and then she's like talking to Carter, and she's like, "Thank you for stopping me." And of course, the trick is, is I mean, that would have been where she told everybody that she murdered Susan Perkins. Oh yeah. <laughs> By the way, thanks for not outing my cover. Yeah, I know. literally, you're like, oh, crap. And when know? Chuck pointed that out, I was like, no, surely she wouldn't have outed herself. But then <laughs> I thought, not? yeah, I mean, she's she's kind of like not, Susan not herself. Perkins. Let you me know. tell you about Susan Perkins. I killed her and she came back. <laughs> What's what that the about? Hell? <laughs> I know, How screwed right? up is that? But it's okay because the one I killed was just a clone. Yeah. But, I mean, I think you're totally right because, you know, she's like, thanks for stopping me. And then she just leaves and, and the camera kind of shows her leaving for a half second. And it's almost like they linger there just for a minute, uh, you know, for, for a moment where there's this significance. And I was like, holy crap. I, I felt like I had so much respect for the writers in that moment because you don't know what that means <laughs> early on. Or, you know yeah, what I mean? Like, it, it may not occur to you. Yeah, it, it's it's on different levels too. Like it's it's the very superficial of oh, just thanks for stopping me. So people that don't know that overarching uh, plot with Beverly are still going to get something out of that scene. But at the same time, people that know a little bit more about what's going on are going, oh yeah, that's right. Like what you were doing, or what Chuck was doing, because I knew and I still didn't pick up on it. <laughs> oh, I've right. seen that a couple of times, and I didn't get it until this time for some reason. It just popped in my. I was like, whoa. <laughs> But yeah, I this this episode definitely brought out. Um, I don't know. It, it's always cool when they give characters on a show a chance to act out, because that helps define define them. You know what's in and what's out, what's in character and out of character. You have to cross the line to see it, right? Well, know? and and in defense of Stark, um, his out of character thing is to try to solve the problem of the the section five uh article by any means necessary to the point of endangering himself and others so it's like that shows that you know when he's normal he's a little more restrained than that so you know in defense of uh, him i i can't believe i'm defending him but okay (laughs) 
I thought it was kind of funny, though, because last episode he was under some kind of spell, too, with that melanoma-looking thing on his neck. and <laughs> Everyone's it looks like a melanoma. <laughs> it does not. <laughs> I, don't, I haven't seen many melanomas that glow, by the way. Yeah, I know. It's like Rudolph's nose kind of melanoma. <laughs> but yeah, I, I thought that um, when you talk about, Chuck, when you talk about characters kind of acting out the things that normally they keep on the inside... You know, and we get to see those alternate sides of them. Um, that is a really cool way for us to do character development. Get to know who these people are. Um, you know, and, and they've they've had enough episodes. Um, what is this like the thirteenth or the you know it's the tenth episode? Tenth episode. Okay, yeah. okay. So it's the tenth episode, and they've established they've done enough to kind of establish the norm. You know, which I think they have to do before you can start stepping outside of it. But it's interesting because we get to see that Stark really does care about Allison. He gets, you know, he he kind of gets his back up around her when he's normal and acts like he doesn't care. But we get to see that he really does. And uh, we we get to see that Henry has some, you know, some issues maybe about feeling like he's used kind of. A little bit more going on than just the grin. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think I forgot that he said he was going to quit at this point. Me too. I had forgotten until it happened. I was like, oh, yeah. I remembered about, yeah, about 10 seconds before where it's like he's still talking and he's talking about things deep. Uh oh. Oh, crap. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I I guess that shows that maybe there's a little bit, um, there's already some deepness going on with, uh, with Henry even before he gets, well, time fracked coming up here in a little bit well and another one i was about to say another like little moment i had watching this where i was like holy crap you know at the beginning when uh stark uh, has dinner with allison and he's he suggests moving up the schedule of taking a physical sample of the uh uh you know of the artifact when when she thinks he's being romantic then she's like oh you have an agenda exactly i i was like holy crap you realize that that moment right there defines the rest of the series like literally, because if you think about it, and I mean, I'm sorry here. I mean, if you're, well, maybe I shouldn't say it, but if you think about it for a moment, you can, oh, hell with it. When <laughs> when they're going to take that sample, right? And and taking that sample is what's going to, is what's going to cause issues with Kim, right? Which is oh, what's right, going yeah. to bring about the, the time dimension stuff which is what's going to essentially lay out the changes that happen in the next three seasons. <laughs> the universe in which we are in is current is quickly coming to an end and we're going to yeah. start branching really quickly here. And That's- it's all due to that moment right there. And there, he's, he's literally casually mentioning this thing over dinner. That's going to change their world entirely. That's a pretty perceptive point. I mean, to, to see that this early, I think. And well, and what's, what's cool is that that's something that really wouldn't make much of much sense when you're watching it the first time through either. Yeah. Or the second. <laughs> or, the, or the second, yeah. It's like, oh, wait a minute. Yeah, that does have a lot to do with everything. Uh, and that's how it is, too, in life sometimes. There are these huge things that happen, and they can all be, if you, in hindsight, went and traced them back, it might be, you know taken back to kind of a casual conversation like that, where a decision, someone makes a decision at some point, you know, and that kind of right. cascades. Yeah. Well, and actually, that's yeah. that's why I like the writing in Eureka is because they are setting up all of these things along the way. 
And I'm guessing that there's a lot of stuff that they've never really acted on, but they just insert these pieces along the way yeah. that, that they can expand later on. You know, it's like it's 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 a difference in writing from like the standalone stuff. Like for example, a really good next gen episode. Like okay, the one where they all uh, revert. Uh, like de evolve, oh, right? De evolve, yeah. Back right. to like the, the, the impetus and... of that starts in the the teaser where Barkley gets his. Dun, dun, um... dun, 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 dun. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> Barkley gets his uh, flu shot or whatever, right from from Crusher, and that's the thing that goes. That goes nuts. Oh, sorry. Spoilers. Told you, you shouldn't get those flu shots. I'm just saying. But yeah, then it leads into, but that leads into the, the, what is a really good episode and then closes off and it's very self-contained. It's like, Eureka, they're willing to throw stuff out there a few episodes ahead of time and then start to build on it. And I, that's Some, why I really like the writing on the show. Sometimes I wonder if good writers don't do that kind of all the time. And what happens is maybe they throw things out there like, I don't know if you want to call them like anchors. You know, or kind of like um, little idea seeds, right? They kind of throw them out there. And then the ones that they decide to go with, they can draw on the things that the seeds that they've planted already in the past. And then the seeds that they planted that they decide to just let lie, they can. Because they also function kind of on the surface as just, you know, developing that scene. Like you said, like, you know, uh, Beverly saying, oh, thanks for not, thanks for stopping me, right? It can just, maybe that was a seed that could have just, you know, been let go, but instead they go back and kind of choose the ones that they want to develop it. And I wonder if they do that. It, it seems to me like they do from the little well, bit that I've learned. I was just looking it up here and purple haze was, uh, the story was done by Andrew, Cro- uh, Andrew Cosby and Jamie Peglia. Um, oh, wow. yeah. They're involved in the, the, the season finale as well. So it's like a very innocuous episode where everyone's kind of going crazy, but it, 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 it almost looks like they put it in there to set up a lot of this. So, yeah, that would and that, make that, sense. That's, what, that's the advantage of having writers that are, it's not just all one-off writers. If you can have a couple that, you know, come in every so often and, and drop little storylines along the way, you can really build this, uh, this kind of overarching. I'm, I'm losing my Yeah, yeah, no, no. <laughs> um, you know, I was thinking also that uh, the whole, the conflict kind of the, whether it's the A story or the B story or whatever, but the conflict between Fargo and uh, Seth, that guy who's growing the plants. I love their slap fight in the jail. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's just so funny because that's more the kind of Eureka that I love. Like instead of having some really weird kind of actually sinister thing, you've got more of a Eureka style problem where somebody's doing some kind of experiment that gets out of control or you know what I mean like some scientist is kind of breaking the rules and going too far with it and yep. uh, and it's not really sinister it's something that starts out innocuous and then has like dramatic effects you know consequences for everybody but I think it's really funny that you just have this enormous guy in this little tiny Fargo and <laughs> you know like they're mortal enemies yeah it's like his nemesis yeah, that was, uh, you know, that was one of the, that was one of the, uh, Fargo is already growing into the character that, mm-hmm. that he, he'll become. I mean, like very, I forgot how quickly it happens, you know, he goes from like the background to the foreground just instantly, you know, 
It seems that way. Almost yeah. instantly, like in this episode. I was just thinking back earlier. I'm sorry, I was distracted a little bit because I was thinking that, you know, one of the things, the fact that these early episodes jibe so well with the episodes in season four, for example, you know, when clearly they had no idea where they were going to go there. They had, it wasn't even the same group of people right. entirely sitting in the room, you know. It's just good writing, the fact that it plugs together so well. It, it's internally consistent in ways that you wouldn't imagine, you know? You know, I, yeah, yeah, I agree. I agree with that. I was just thinking um, the, the the drug references in this, the kind of joking sideways drug reference. I mean, the, the title is called Purple Haze, right? <laughs> right. And then you've got these plants that are you know, releasing something in the air that causes everyone to get kind of nuts. And then they have to be, you know, Burned. torched yeah. at the end. Um, yeah. Isn't there a Cheech and Chong movie or, or isn't there some movie where there's yeah, I like think a, it's called all of them. <laughs> <laughs> but isn't there a movie in particular where they have to burn down like a whole field of, of marijuana plants and or, it like causes where, the whole town to, or where the cops burn yeah. them down sure and the whole town the whole gets high. Yeah. Isn't yeah. that like every, yeah. yeah. So I was thinking it's kind of a funny reference and and I feel like the I was saying the humor is less inhibited in this episode. You get that kind of sideways drug reference, you get Allison in, you know, down to her Vickies. Nothing funny about that. She's ripped. She is seriously well, seriously, yeah. They they play it funny, but it's actually like it's a it's a really sexy scene. You're right. She is well, right. Yeah. By the way, I want to have that body. I mean, like I mean, I want my <laughs> I want my too. body <laughs> to look like that <laughs> body. Is what I mean. <laughs> but but seriously, like, yeah, she's amazing. Like she has to me just the perfect level of fitness because she's strong and and ripped, but she. She has an, like the right amount of body fat so that she looks feminine and kind of curvy, but not like not stringy and muscular, even though she is muscular, you know. I, I believe awesome. the term you used uh, earlier was butt of substance. Yeah, I said she has a butt of substance. Yeah, because she does. She has a butt, you know, a great butt. And like so many, so many women are trying to like get rid of their butt and just make it disappear like you know, tailbone with like a flap of skin over it. <laughs> <laughs> it's very attractive sounding. Yeah. It's true. That's, that's, that's a great visual right there. <laughs> it's true. Too many people want that. You know, and, it's like uh, a tarp and bungee cords. No. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> He's like, no. <laughs> but, but you know what I mean? Like it's a, yeah, it's kind of a, a, a sex scene, but they play it funny. And, They've yeah. always done that, you know, with kind of like the innuendo and all that stuff. And I'm glad that they're getting there because I feel like it's a little bit more natural and it's more enjoyable for them to... I feel like they're being more playful. You know what I mean? Agreed. They're being a lot right. more playful in this episode than they have earlier. And I really like that. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I need to... You, you summed it up really well. Actually. You're still thinking about Allison and her Vicky's. I was. I can't... Come on. You can't help it. I mean, that's... Yeah, the, one of the funny things about Eureka, of course, is the fact that in Eureka, virtually everyone is a model. Literally. I mean, like... You, Fargo? Every, Vince? It's rare. Yeah, I know. I'm just teasing. Seriously. I mean, yeah, think about it. Yeah, there are a lot it. of really, really good looking people in the show. Name me, <laughs> a, a, name me an unattractive woman in, in, uh, in Eureka. 
Well, it's almost always that way with women. Like, but, but yeah, just name me one. Because a lot of times there will be like, there will be like somebody older. There will be somebody that is obviously not meant to be seen in that way. But that just doesn't happen in Eureka. Name anyone. Well, be- Beverly summed it up when she was describing Allison's problems. Like, oh no, you you have to choose between your dashing and intelligent ex-husband and your hunky sheriff of a, of a boyfriend. <laughs> Poor me. What will I do? Yeah. <laughs> Seriously, man. I'm just saying. I mean, Allison's like, oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You're more likely to find, like you're saying, a character who is not intended to be seen as attractive than someone who actually but is not attractive. Have those. I'm trying to think if there are any women in the show who are not unattractive, but just kind of normal, like plain this sort of normal looking. you get you know? is Susan Perkins and they kill her. Yeah, that's probably true. That's it. I mean, that's the closest I can think of. Other than that, I mean, virtually Maybe no one. Maybe some of the extras, you know, in, in uh, Even Deputy Global Ed Dynamics. Even Deputy Sarah hot. Yeah. <laughs> Sarah is hot. Sarah is hot, yeah. <laughs> I mean, come on. She's sleek. Well, I don't you know about tell, sleek. You can tell that Neil Grayson was still trying to get his get her voice down. Yeah, Sarah, Sarah sounded <laughs> a little like, bit like a... Like a couple dra- times, it's like, oh, wow. Yeah, this, this last episode in particular, I thought that too. She sounded a little bit like a drag queen or something. Like. <laughs> don't say that about Sarah. <laughs> My bunker is hermetically sealed. <laughs> Dr. Girlfriend. <laughs> my bunkers are medically sealed nice and which works out for him in a couple of different occasions yeah actually living in the hermetically sealed you know oh that's awesome technically sheriff i'm not a bunker i'm a smart home <laughs> <laughs> that was cool yeah we start to get sarah kind of asserting, asserting her attitude on. yeah already yeah <laughs> That's one of the other cool things about Eureka is the fact that that episodes that are not always, you know, the ones that are moving some the arching overarching plot along still actually have a lot of function in the series. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, I have trouble calling anything a filler episode in. Well, when, Eureka. when it's a character develop develop yeah. kind of uh, show, then I mean, anything that you see the characters interacting in, as long as it's canon is or not in an alternate timeline is is <laughs> is going to be, you know, useful in and terms of even pushing then, the story along. Even actually, then. even. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I take back the alternate timeline. Yeah. Thing. yeah. <laughs> I'm with you. Because, you know, even when they even when they do things that don't end up affecting back, you know, across, they yeah. still tell you about people. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we learned just a ton so about Carter and about uh, and, and, and yeah, and about Henry, of course. I like the way that we see how Allison really does feel about Carter, because I, I get the sense that the the purple haze is not making Allison just kind of randomly attracted to him but that she really is attracted to him and what it did was it removed her ability to keep it under control you know <laughs> well yeah that that's what happened with everyone yeah yeah totally yeah like it, it doesn't plant false thoughts it just kind of gets rid of their uh control inhibitions. Their, their inhibitions yeah. yeah um but i i just love that because normally allison is like she's very professional yeah. all the time that's one thing about her character that's it's very important to her to be professional and um and that's how she gets to so far in her career you yeah. know in any timeline and well, uh, and, and i mean it, the it, it makes sense too because of like for example with henry i mean 
it didn't just bring up random thoughts. I mean, he is literally and figuratively the town's firefighter. Yeah. He's always putting <laughs> out problems and he doesn't have any time to do his own research, which is what he's talking about at the end there behind uh, when Carter and Allison are talking. Oh, right. He, he's going, look, you know, I came to Eureka because I like doing science and I don't get a chance to do that anymore because I'm helping everybody else. I'm giving away too much of myself, which is why I need to leave. And that's exactly the attitude he had when he was, you know, high on the purple haze or whatever the crap it was. He, he was just like, ah, everybody wants me for help. F y'all. Yeah, it's very Henry. F all y'all. I, you're okay. I'm out of here. <laughs> yeah. I had this, uh, I, I just had this thought too. You know, when I, when I heard at the end, you're talking about when he was talking yeah. to Carter, you know, right, right before, you know, I, I think... I think he also has a bit of an issue with the military nature of of Eureka. You know, when it comes down to it, Eureka is pretty much military funded and virtually everything they do ends up being used toward building weapons. Yeah. And Allison's a DOD rep, right? Yeah, well, yeah, I mean the whole the whole thing is is clearly kind of that way and i i think we've seen else and and admittedly i'm pulling from elsewhere probably in the future of the series to to draw this conclusion but i think i kind of took what he was saying there as that as well that he also felt like both they were using him and he wasn't getting chance to do his research and then second when he does get a chance to do things he came to make things better not to just fund the next you know come up with the next thing they can use in the battlefield yeah, he's looking for the clean energy source, not the latest and greatest nuclear weapon. Yeah, yeah. And when he's when he's not under the you know the the purple haze, he's kind of he he's okay. He understands that that's the price he pays for being in Eureka. Everybody pays for being there, and that it's important enough to him to stay. But when you remove that inhibition, it comes right out, and he's like, you know, not so much. You know. Yeah, he's got that grin going on all through the first season, but you know. Well, this this episode uh, uh, episode shows to him. Wands under the purple haze. <laughs> this episode shows to him. Let me tell you what I really think. Fudge you. Yeah, no. You sound um, like, it shows uh, you sound like Mr. Beaver in Winnie the Pooh. <laughs> oh. Basically, everybody comes out of this episode going, wow, that hit a little too close to home and tries to cover it up. He sees what he did and realizes wow, I've got some things I need to work on. I've got some issues I haven't been dealing with, yeah. (laughs) The the grin can only go so far, and I've got to get away from this. It's kind of funny when you think about it, I mean, to to be kind of, uh, you know, base about it. They they really are like, how can we get all of these characters to reveal themselves for who they really are? (laughs) Let's essentially intoxicate all of them, but do it in a really sciencey way. (laughs) Yeah. Let's make them all high, but do it in a sciencey way. That's not illegal. (laughs) We've got a kid on the show and we have to resolve it. Well, let's put Carter and Zoe, (laughs) the house is hermetically sealed. (laughs) We're good. He didn't inhale. (laughs) Problem solved. Thumbs up. He didn't inhale. (laughs) Sarah didn't inhale. Right. That's it. Yeah, and we don't see any kids or anybody reacting. Like, we don't see Allison's kids, you know? (laughs) Although, actually, um, Zoe did describe the entire school as having... Oh, that's right. All the kids are making out in the halls and fighting, and all the teachers don't care. 
Oh, yeah. man. Like, so, so, so it's like a normal school, huh? Yeah. yeah. The only thing that would have been better... Yeah, that was funny. The only thing that would have been better is a Seth Rogen guest on this, guest appearance. In oh, this. God. Seth Rogen being the guy uh, it, b- that lives next to Fargo. That would have been awesome. That, guy, that character's name was Seth. Oh, my God, it was. <laughs> Win. Wow. They just couldn't get him. They wanted him. He was... Yeah. Holy oh, crap. That's awesome. <laughs> Holy crap. Okay, so I have kind of a, a silly analytical question, but at Beverly's place, uh, Carter zip ties them, you know, Beverly to the radiator and Allison to what the door? I hope it's not doors. a cold night because you have some pretty bad burns on <laughs> Oh my God. <laughs> on her hand. <laughs> well, my question was he comes back to get them like the next morning, and, you know, other than the fact that they probably haven't eaten or, or maybe slept at all, uh, they, they still look pretty refreshed. Didn't they have to go to the bathroom like the whole time? He's been gone well, for like 12 I'm, hours. I'm, I'm going to guess that sci-fi turned down the first shoot where they had him you know, <laughs> lying in a puddle of urine. <laughs> or worse. It's a little less romantic when uh, Carter unshades Allison at that point. And she's like, hold on, let me go mop this up. <laughs> Things you don't need to see. Oh, and don't look in the planter. (laughs) (laughs) What are you, a cat? Get out of there. Oh, damn. (laughs) Oh, my God. But seriously, I'm like, come on. You know, if it had been like, you know, four hours or something, I could see that. But like 12 hours? Come on. (laughs) (laughs) Well... (laughs) It'd have to be more than twelve hours. It was light when he when he was there the first yeah. time, and it was light outside when he came I back. Yeah. It's like eighteen hours at least. That's why when Beverly's like, "Thanks for stopping me," she's running off to the John, and she says that. Well, it's like, she was being sarcastic. Yeah. You know, I actually had the same thought. This is a different show, but uh, on Stargate Atlantis, the second episode, uh, McKay gets stuck in the shield. Right. Oh, like a yeah. day and a I half. had that thought too. And I'm like, by the end, shouldn't it be just that green force field around his legs with this kind of r- floating yellow liquid? Or <laughs> yeah, his problem is that he'll drown. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, he'll drown before he dies of dehydration. On the other hand, not really, because if you think about it, I mean, he can only have what's already in him, and there isn't that much. Mm. So you're saying it just soaked through a couple layers of clothing? Also, he- it really depends on how tight the shield fits. wait don't they address that in that episode though doesn't he say something about it well he has problems eating and drinking right right right. and then you know he he has to he's being volunteered to be the one to go save them from the shadow alien Uh uh-huh and then as they they were, they were figuring that it had a mind component to turning the damn device off. And as soon as right. like, well, Rodney's invincible. And then the thing just goes and falls <laughs> off. He instantly grabs a chocolate bar and heads out of the room. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. Grabs a chocolate bar and heads out of the room. So, yeah, he, he's going to eat. And Wait, this, you know. he's, uh, he's diabetic, isn't he? In the show? Uh, I can't remember. He has like a blood sugar has, thing. He has a lemon allergy. There's no, I know, I know talking that. talking about having hypoglycemic reactions throughout the whole episode. Hypoglycemic, so. yeah, that's he what it claims. I'm just sorry. Yeah, I'm he, just thinking he's like about hypoglycemic or whatever. How they carry a lemon. <laughs> 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 and they never 
prove it either way. He never has an allergic reaction. He just claims that he's allergic to lemons. Actually, yeah, actually, there's a uh, uh, there's a Eureka episode coming that has some sort of a similar storyline. <laughs> Eureka. <laughs> ah. Sorry, that was lame. <laughs> but it's but it's Fargo. I'm trying to remember. Yeah, yeah, Fargo in the bubble. Yeah. Oh yeah, it pretty much is the. Exact oh. Same. <laughs> Very similar, except that the bubble is like round and bigger, and it's not form fitting. Yeah, I remember this one. Did. This yeah, this one scene where they have him strapped to the roof. to the roof of the jeep. Yeah, and it's <laughs> the, the bungee cords over top of the bubble, and he's just like floating in the middle of it, going. <laughs> they call Star. How are we gonna get him out there? <laughs> Strap him to the hood. They they're gonna nuke him. You know. Yeah. Yeah, so, anyway, <laughs> this was a fun episode. Hope you brought your brown rimmer safety pants. <laughs> no kidding. <laughs> but next week, we have a killer episode. But we're talking about poo. You can't stop us. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Chuck. Go no, that's okay. No, it's true. Next week, we've been looking forward to this episode yeah. Like since we started. Indeed. Indeed. Well, we also have a little bit of Eureka news. The uh, Christmas episode just came out. Yeah. Indeed. Going to have to visit that at some point, too. Yeah, I don't I don't know. We haven't decided yet whether <laughs> we'll we want to do a bonus or whether we'll just insert it in the rewatch, but but you're probably you're going to get something on the on the uh We will definitely Christmas talk episode. about it. like yeah. don't bring it up. We haven't figured it out yet. <laughs> oh, go ahead. <laughs> Big secret. We haven't figured it all out yet. We'll have it all figured out by, by the, the time, time we, we get to the, the frontier. frontier. <laughs> <laughs> what was that? The frontier. <laughs> yeah, no, exactly. Every day of my but, life feels like that. <laughs> <laughs> like what that's just life you know me leave it up to me we'll do a bonus and we'll just give you 27 podcasts next week i'm always down with that modern geek on you (laughs) we'll do a modern geek bonus too so that we could you know i guess if we really got down to it 75 episodes (laughs) we could i mean if we tried really hard we could probably give them six you know in a week that's that's quite a few let's not promise anything (laughs) (laughs) well Anyway. Well, you know what? I had forgotten how cool this episode was, and I really enjoyed it a lot. And um, I love the silliness of it. Yeah, I agree. And uh, I feel like there's something funny that happened that I'm forgetting. Maybe it's just you know, naked. with the water pistol? Yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. I, I love... And then he, Carter takes it away, and then she's got the hidden water pistol. She's got the little, like, tiny pistols the dropped on her ankle. One. Yeah. Yeah, because yeah, she had that big, like, that huge gun Super that he took soaker. away. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Well, we can always put it in the next episode, be it a bonus or otherwise. I hope we get more. Well, we do get more nudity now that I think about it. No nudity. Uh, and I don't mean like. You were, you were liking the tiger. No, no, it's just nudity is funny, you know, especially on guys. Yeah. It's That's true. true. That's true. Like, you know, the beginning of uh, Firefly with Mal sitting on the rock or, you know. Trash. Yeah. yeah. It's a great episode. Or, you know, Life of Brian or, you know, anything Life that... Life of Brian. Anything Call that, us and let us know your favorite male nudity. <laughs> it's yeah, true. You know, anything that dangerous. shows male butts is almost always going to be out. comedy. We should just say we're, we're not going to make any more Save Eureka episodes until we get some calls. Ooh. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Of course we are. <laughs> Actually, but we should now that we're talking about nudity, we should get some calls. Yeah, I would you think. you never know. But you should give us some calls because we would like to play your calls and... uh 
that's always fun. So, Juan, you got anything wrapping up? Ah, uh, nope. <laughs> <laughs> You're like <laughs> Sheldon and and Wallowitz. Hey. Like, you, no, I don't. You didn't, you didn't put any thought into that at all. Uh, that one. <laughs> okay, let's go. <laughs> Man. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, all right, then. Uh, we will see you next week, if not sooner. Woo-hoo. From everyone here at Save Eureka and GWC, thanks for listening. If you'd like to watch Eureka or other fun shows with some of the friendliest people in geekdom, visit us at galacticwatercooler.com. We'd love to hear from you as well. If you have something to add to the show, give us a call at 214-296-9229. That's 214-296-9229. And follow the instructions there to leave us a message for inclusion in a future podcast. Financial support from listeners like you keep all GWC podcasts on the net each week. To find out how to donate, visit galacticwatercooler.com slash donate.